Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely and wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And we are back again for another episode, and we are glad that you're listening and you're joining in with us, and we hope that... um, we actually bring something to your life, a little bit of joy, hopefully, maybe a little bit of insight and encouragement and knowledge, maybe a few of these things. I don't know. What do you uh, think? I don't, who, no, who we're just killing 24 minutes, 25 minutes at a time. So uh, thanks for listening. I want to thank everybody up front for listening. going to give you an opportunity to get something from us. Um, I have a few books that I've written. I'm working on a new book now. Um, called The Wolves Are Among Us, and it will be done hopefully hopefully by the end of the summer I'll have this book done. But I have a book now on Amazon that is called The Fire Inside, and I actually have a few copies of this book, and I will get more copies of this book, but I'm offering it to you, the listener, for free, absolutely free. Um, all you have to do is email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com and give us uh, your name and your address, and I will drop a book in the mail for absolutely free. Um, the fire no inside. Shipping charge. It's about no the Holy nothing. Spirit. It's really about the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it talks a little bit about the history from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the Spirit of God. So if you're interested in that, just drop your e- in the email again, the abnormal Christian at gmail.com. Um, you don't even have to put your name on it, just put my address. And I would like the book, um, The Fire Inside. So I will send that along for free. I sound like an old, old timey radio t- host, you know? Send you one of those books. So this episode is going to be a little bit uh, interesting, I think, maybe, perhaps. A little bit of conversation here about some subjects that we haven't really dealt with before. Um, I'll say before we go into it that uh, I usually find an article somewhere. I'll read something that piques my interest, and I will uh, tell Natasha about it. And then, um, strangely enough, she'll find something that coincides with what what we're talking about. And it really piques the curiosity and the interest of the subject that we're going to do for the podcast. So that's kind of how these things happen sometimes. So this past week, I was reading an article uh, really specifically around witchcraft. I know that sounds crazy, right? Um, if this episode were to be titled anything, I don't even know what it would be. I'll, I'll come up with something on the fly. But it's really going to be centered around uh, witchcraft. And I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in America as far as belief goes. So I uh, found a couple different articles, a couple different numbers that um, seem to be very important. So back in 2008 to 2009, um, 77% of all Americans said that they believed they were Christian. They didn't say they were church-going Christians, but when they were asked if they believed in God, do they consider themselves Christians, 77% of Americans said yes. So in 2018 to 2019, 10 years later, the same question is asked. This time, only 62% of Americans say that they're Christians. Um, In the same article, it estimated that by the year 2050 in the United States, Christians would only make 50% of the population. The other half would be pagan or atheist, agnostic, someone who had nothing to do with organized religion or God himself. So what we're seeing is, um, interestingly enough, a um, decline in the numbers um, of Christians that are people who claim to be Christian, which goes along with what we've always said on the podcast that we don't, you know, I don't really think there's a great revival to be had left in America. I think if anything, we fall further into paganism. Um, we fall further away from the Lord. We walk away from God. And so our country is going in that direction. Uh, if you were to extrapolate those numbers on out. So currently in the United States today, there are 1.5, 1.1 to 1.5 million uh, witches, people who consider themselves to be witches and warlocks and wizards. Wiccan. And, 
Yes. So by the year 2050, this number will be six and a half million. Now there's 400 million United States citizens. Um, so the number's not really huge, right? It's not, I mean, 1.5 million out of 400 million is not gigantic by any stretch of the imagination. So you might ask yourself, why would we even bring this subject up? Why would we talk about something that doesn't have that big of an effect? And I would say, I would pose the statement that it has much a much broader range than what people tend to um, believe it does. Um, and I'm going to give a few examples here off the top of my head really quick uh, about witchcraft. There are three basic fundamental tenets to it. Um, humanism, which denies that there's anything wrong with the human race. So humanism falls under witchcraft. Um, naturalism, that there's, there's no God that can in, intervene in the natural world. Um, so the naturalist doesn't believe that there's a God who, and this is another tenet in witchcraft. Um, occultism, which is one of the, the third one here, is this be- belief in a force or an energy that you can tap into and to negotiate to do your bidding. Um, there's also this belief that humans are divine and you'll hear people say God or goddesses. So the occult has these, um, these kind of ideas to it. Now, I think when we were all growing up, I grew up in the eighties, Natasha grew up in the eighties. Um, it was nothing to see in the late seventies, early eighties. There was a lot of new age and occultism that was in the music circles. Ozzy Osbourne always had the pentagrams and was, you know, blood everywhere. And, um, a lot of rock bands in the eighties, Motley Crue, uh, Rat, some of these other groups out there, they considered themselves to be, uh, they didn't say they were Satanists, but they used a lot of occult imagery in their music. Um, on the stage, uh, the, there's I can't remember the one. There's one that have a huge skull that's there. It's, it's ridiculous. So during the 80s, this was a thing of um, rebellion. It was a sign of rebellion against organization of religion and parents and all these things. You roll into the 90s and the, the 2000s, and people have kind of, I won't say they've gotten away from that. I will just say they've become, um, it's toned down a lot more, and, it, and it's more widely accepted. So one of the things you think, if we say witchcrafts and wizards, what's one of the things you think of? <clears throat> I want to ask you Harry specifically. Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> and I'm only picking on that because it's it's the obvious one, right? So it's easy. So if I were to say that um, Harry Potter deals with a lot of cult, occultish ideas, um, I think you could agree with that. There's potions and spells and all these different things. Um, there's a bad guy and a, a quote-unquote good guy, um, and they both have these magical abilities. N- don't really say where they come from, but they both have magic. Nobody ever gets into that. Um, so that's the easy one. That's the easy one we can look at. Somebody could look at and well, say. Well, they just say you're born with it or right. you're not. Right. And so there's uh, you, you could, you know, I think when the books came out, uh, there were a lot of churches who didn't want anything to do with them. There were people who were protesting it. They didn't, you know, it's witchcraft. And, and I agree. Don't get me wrong. I think um, if you go by the biblical definition of what we're supposed to have in our lives, eh, it's not something we should be messing with. Um, but I think that's the easy one. That's the easiest thing in the world to talk about. Um, and you would say, well, my church, we're really against that when it was there and we don't support, we didn't support that. Um, but, you know, let's pick a different one. So I just read one of the tenets and fundamental beliefs of witchcraft in the occult is that a force or an energy that you can tap into and negotiate to do your ability. Would there be any other media, movies, that would have this idea? Can you think of one? I'm looking at you. 
You're looking at me like I should know. <laughs> it makes that oh, noise. Oh, Star Wars. Hey, yes, there we, it is. Star Wars. We had this conversation. You like that? Exactly. So Star Wars. So you look at that and you say, well, Star Wars is innocent enough. Star Wars isn't that big of a deal. But Star Wars is really based on this occultic idea that there's a force in the universe. The that force. You can, yes, you can. Ta- and they call it that. It's the force. And we can tap into this. And, and so my point being is that society, even though this might not be a huge portion of society, a society is even more greatly affected by these ideas than we will even admit because most people are not willing to say, yes, that has something to do with witchcraft or, or the occult. We don't, you know, people are just going to say, oh, that's just, they're playing, they're being innocent. So one of the questions I asked Natasha yesterday was, how many powers are there in the spiritual realm? What are the, what are the current, how many powers are there? Two. Okay. <laughs> one would be? God. Right. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And the second would be? The devil. The devil. So he's diametrically opposed. He's the opposite of everything that God wants us to be. He goes into the uh, Garden of Eden and he lies and he, you know, the Bible says he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He is the father of all lies. He is the deceiver. That is his operating method is that he uses lies to establish um, what he wants done, right? So we live in a society that is really the question I think I asked you yesterday was, if things are not of God, is it possible that all these things that are not of God are used by the devil to accomplish his, his goals? And it's not even so much so that it might be a direct realization of what he's trying to do. But, you know. Well, I think you put it put it to me as either things that happen to us are either pointing us towards God or pointing us away. And if it's something that doesn't point you to God, then it is of the devil, even though... Well, and yes, absolutely. That's, that's very overt. Well, it you wouldn't is. Really, really think about it. But that, that way. right. And so we look at it and we say, well, you know, um, say country music. I'm just picking on something. Country music. You say, I listen to country music. It, it, yeah, it might not talk about God, but it's not really talking about, it's not talking about the devil. It's not worshiping the devil, but it is talking about things that are maybe immoral or incorrect. I mean, I literally heard a song yesterday. I've never heard this song before. And the, the, uh, all I could make out of it was knocking boots. That was in the song. That's in the song. Are but you I know sure you weren't listening to an oldies. No, it was, station? it was a country station and I heard it and I was just like, what? Yeah, but, but I know what that means. And so what we're looking at is what I'm saying is the depravity, depravity and, um, sin are opposite <clears throat> of what God requires us to do. He wants us to be holy as he is holy. So anything that encourages sin in our lives is of the devil. It's that simple. And, and people are going to say, oh, you want to blame the devil for everything. Absolutely. He is the father of all lies. He's going to tell you that, um, being sexually promiscuous is a wonderful thing that it's okay. And it's great. And you can do whatever you want. There's no repercussions. Um, and people live that lie every single day and their lives are in chaos. A lot of people's lives are in chaos because they've given into this stuff. But I'm saying our society, our government, our music, our entertainment, everything is directly influenced. His whole purpose and goal is to subvert mankind away from God. Um, there's a reason that the road to hell is wide and the, the road to heaven is narrow is because the devil is set about to deceive mankind. Now, Kind of going on this idea, I found an article, there's a, a newspaper called The Atlantic, or I should say a publication, I don't know if they do newspapers anymore. It's out of Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, this headline in this article caught my eye, and it was called, Why is Witchcraft on the Rise? And it was, uh, it was really, it's really about um, 
witchcraft and how it's growing in the country. Um, and there's a couple of interesting things in this article. I just I highlighted a whole bunch here, but I'm going to try and keep it kind of short and simple. I want to read some of this to you. It looks like you've highlighted all of it. I have highlighted it. a lot of it. Um, but I want people to kind of, we're going to kind of do what we do with the Bible study. I'll read some and we'll talk and then we'll kind of figure this out. Okay. So um, I'll start. And this was written this year, 2020. Um, Juliet Diaz says she was having trouble not listening to my thoughts. The writer is talking to this lady, Juliet Diaz. She said, sorry, I kind of uh, read into your head a little bit. Um, she told me when for the third time that August afternoon, she answered one of my admittedly not unpredictable questions about her witchcraft seconds before I had a chance to ask her. So this girl saying that she was reading this person's mind while she was talking to her and she was answering questions before she even had a chance to ask, even though these are predictable questions. Um, it goes on to say that they were surrounded by nearly 400 houseplants, the earthy smell of incense, and according to Diaz, several of my ancestral spirit guides who had followed me in. You actually have a nun, Diaz informed me. I don't know where she comes from, and I'm not going to ask her. So this Diaz, who is a, a witchcraft, a witch, um, is saying that she saw this person come in, and you've got all these spirits hanging around you, and one says they're a nun, but I'm not going to ask. you know. So um, Diaz describes herself as a seer capable of reading auras and connecting with the other side, quote-unquote. She's a plant whisperer who can communicate with her succulents. And one in a long line of healers in her family, which traces its roots to Cuba and the indigenous Teano people who settled in parts of the Caribbean. She is also a professed witch. Diaz sells. Now I want you to listen to this. This is really interesting. So uh, let's, let's back up there for a second. I want you to hear this one more time. Um, as is saying that she is a plant whisperer who can communicate to her succulents. And she is one in a long line of healers in her family. Oh, okay. So she's a healer. Well, now it says that Diaz, now to get this, Diaz sells anointing oils. Oh, well, that's a surprise. Um, and intention infused body products on her online store. She also instructs more than 8,900 witches who have enrolled in her online witchcraft school. Um, what are we talking about here? This sounds very familiar, even though she's talking about witchcraft. Um, she said that she leads witchcraft workshops that promise to leave attendings feeling magical as an expletive, I should say. Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy to me. She, she's written a book. She's a best-selling author in witchery. Um, she earns more than half a million dollars from her magic work and was named as one of the best witches in the United States. I don't even get it. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Are you? But but interestingly enough, I want to roll back real quick. So she's hand, she's selling anointing oil, and she claims to be a healer. She also claims to be able to speak to spirits. This stuff sounds like, and I'm going to throw their name out there anyway. It sounds like Bethel uh, Church in Redding, California. I'm looking at you guys because she is saying the exact same thing that you were saying, except she's a pronounced witch, and you're saying that you're some <laughs> kind of mystical spiritual warrior from the Lord. It doesn't make any sense why the two share anything in common. This is witchcraft. This is someone who believes that there, there is no God, but there's this alternate power that they can tap into. So over the past few years, witchcraft, according to the article, long viewed with suspicion and even hostility, has transmuted into a mainstream phenomenon. Uh, the coven is the new squad, and we've heard that before, where's your squad at? But now the coven is the new squad. There are sea witches, city witches, cottage witches, kitchen witches, influencer witches who share recipes for moon water and dreamy photos of altars bathed in candlelight. This is coming from the article. It's, it's just absolutely bizarre. Um, 
So she goes on to say in this article how these people are calling themselves witches, how they're they're inspired by these transformative qualities that they're getting from the crystals, how they're having these seances, and you know you can uh, in the article she says you can hire her to do magic on your behalf. She'll actually do magic for you for a fee of about forty five dollars an hour. Um, it, it's it's really crazy. The the person who went to see her was just really curious about um, witchcraft and why it was growing and increasing. Uh, interestingly enough, the Atlantic, where this article comes from, over the last 10 years has published, I believe, 9 to 11 different articles about witchcraft. So they seem to be, maybe because it's Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Salem, Massachusetts, they're really obsessed with this idea of witchcraft. Um, the article goes on to say the belief in witchcraft is so widespread and so enduring that one historian, uh, historian speculates it's innate to human beings. Um, so the, there's a historian out there floating around saying that we're in, it's an innate thing. We're born with this ability. It's ridiculous. Um, one of the other things that was really interesting is, is that after the Anita Hill hearings in the 90s, and again after Donald Trump's election and alongside the hashtag MeToo movement, there are witches that have gotten together in these covens and decided they were going to cast spells to influence the presidential elections. So that's even fantastic. That's even greater. Um, the latest witch renaissance coincides with a growing fascination with astrology, crystals, and tarot reading cards, which, like magic pr practitioners, consider ways to tap into the unseen, unconventional sources of power. Where would that come from? I mean, this is the same thing. This is the Star Wars argument. Um, you're both trying to manipulate a force. There's a, a good side and a bad side to the force, but nobody bothers to tell you where this force comes from. There's not this explanation of where does this power originate? Um, because everything has to have a beginning point, right? That's what we believe. Um, the article says modern witchcraft has drawn more women than men, as well as many people of color and queer or transgender individuals. A witch can be any gender. The more frustrated people get, they do often turn to witchcraft because they're like, well, the usual channels are just not working. So let's see what else is out there. So it's really this idea of being frustrated perhaps with their church, with their family, with the norms in society. Well, they equated it with being a feminist. Oh, yes, was... yes, yes. That was a, that was a huge, I got to find this. Uh, there's, a, there's a big part in here where she's talking about feminism and the feminist movement. And she's saying that witchcraft itself is a, uh, is a rooted deeply, or feminism is deeply rooted in witchcraft, which is the idea of, this is going to sound, you're listening and maybe you're thinking I'm crazy, but it's this idea of rebellion, that God himself set out a path for a family, a husband and a wife. Um, and that they are to lead their family together. The husband is to love his wife and, and willing to lay his life down for her. Um, and she, in turn, looks at him as the spiritual head of the home, that he is leading the family in the way of the Lord. Um, but the world doesn't like that. The world doesn't want anything to do with that. Well, they don't like to be told what to do, period. No, absolutely, because it is a... It is a it, People want to do, and this is, it's fine. People do what they want to do. But it's just fascinating to me that this is... Um, it's just continuing to grow. This is growing in the United States currently. Um, one of the things they use in this is uh, something called Palo Santo. It's a wood that is traditionally burned by shamans and is now a staple in yoga studios everywhere. So those people out there who thought yoga was innocent and harmless, even though it's a Middle Eastern religion, um, it is also using uh, elements of witchcraft. Um, 
Let's see. A couple of countries, London and a, and a few other places, Saudi Arabia, have established uh, anti-witchery units of trained police who uh, scientifically battle witchcraft. So it's becoming a thing around the world where these other uh, nations and, and places are wanting to battle this because they do see something rising up. Um, interestingly enough, it just it goes on to say, I'm going to read something here real quick from that doesn't have any, that's the end of that article. You can look it up online um, and read the whole thing. It's really fascinating, but there's a there was a man who was quoted in this article. His name was Mark Townsend. He was a, um, I believe he was a minister in, um, out of, uh, anyway, I can't remember where, uh, Anglican Church. That's it. He was a minister in the Anglican Church. In 2010, he left the Anglican Church. He wrote a book, uh, an article, I'm sorry, an article called Out of the Broom Closet, The Modern Witches. Um, and this comes from the Church Times in February of 2019. This is the quote that he says about, um, paganism and witchcraft. And he says, but what the pagans find difficult is Jesus Christ. The church is Christ who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which seems to be exclusive rather than inclusive. So he left the church because the church, he claims here that the church said, well, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, which makes him exclusive instead of inclusive. Instead of saying that there are many ways to God, you're saying that Jesus is the only way to God, which is interesting because we didn't say that. The church never said that. You know who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said that himself about himself. Um, he made it clear that he was the only way to God, the Father. He is the exclusive way to God. Um, Another quote from Mark Townsend was, people don't want to be told what to believe. They want to explore it for themselves, um, which is understandable. This is the whole idea of witchcraft is that we don't need a, a, a set of rules. We don't need a, uh, a divine power. We are going to tap into something that we don't even understand to try to extract some kind of um, magical feelings from it. Um, did you have that <coughs> thing you wanted to read? Well, I just, you know... I think it's easy for us to be like, okay, witchcraft, that's bad. But, and you talked about Bethel, where they're kind of pulling in different aspects, almost subversively, to where it's not, you know, you're like, oh, well, it, maybe it isn't bad. And there was, there's this Facebook group I'm a part of on Facebook, obviously, um, but they had posted this thing, which it was curious because we were talking about this, why it even posted. But it said, why reading Tarot is not evil. And it goes on to say that you can talk directly to God through Tarot. Divination is practiced in the Bible. The Bible encourages prophets and other characters to practice divination. Tarot is in a class of divination called Bibliomancy with the Bible. Opening the Bible and getting guidance is no different to pulling a Tarot card. Tarot is not condemned, especially in the Bible. Cards cannot be evil. Tarot cannot attract demons. It, it cannot even attract evil spirits. Much of the symbolism in Tarot is based on Christianity, which I guess that means it's not as bad. Well, that's what they're oh, trying yeah. to say. Oh, yeah. If it looks like you got a cross on the front of the card, then it's okay. Angels, the Final Judgment, and the Pope all feature on Tarot cards. Well, you lost me when you said the Pope, so. Oh, is it? And the Pope all feature... I guess that means they're... Sim they're on the cards. Yeah. Right. Cards cannot bring bad energy. People do. Divination uh -huh. is not mentioned in the Ten Commandments. 
Well, they're right. Divination is not mentioned in the Ten Commandments. The tarot cards are not mentioned in the Bible. Neither are cigarettes or, or methamphetamines or heroin. It's not in the Bible. So does that mean it's okay to go do? Should we do that? Folks, I'm going to leave that out to you. These things are not listed in the scriptures. So, you know, it doesn't say don't put a gun up against your head and pull the trigger. Does that mean it's okay to do? Absolutely not. Um, divination is mentioned in the Bible. One of the things that God had against King Saul, if everyone remembers correctly, King Saul was the first king of Israel because the people demanded a king and God God gave him one. One of the things that God had against Saul was that he went to a witch and he, he tried to get her to bring the prophet Samuel back, the spirit of Samuel back from the dead so he could talk to him. And the Lord was extremely upset with Saul because of this, because he had made it clear that they should not do this. Now, the, to, the, to the point of what you're reading there about the tarot cards, there are some churches that are using stuff like this. I've heard of this. Um, and it's crazy because they're going to say, well, it doesn't say that stuff in the Bible. It's not in there. Um, um, but there are verses in Scripture about divination. There's th certain verses in Scriptures about what we should do. And I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 12 real quick um, as we're coming to the end of this. Because I want everyone to understand the Word of God stands uh, completely opposed to witchcraft and wizardry and uh, warlocks and tarot cards and all these spiritual Psychic things. Exactly. wellness centers um, and... Because they are not depending upon God for anything. Everything we need to know is in the Word of God. So Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 12 says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall be none found among you, anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. This is Molech. This is where they were offering their children up to Molech. You shouldn't do that. Uh, oh, wait, let me start back here real again. There shall be none found among you, anyone that maketh the son or daughter to pass through the fire or that uses divination. Wait a minute. It just said don't use divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer for all these things, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord God doth drive them from before thee. It can't be any clearer. I don't think it can be any clearer in the word of God. Yes. But if you are one of those churches who've feels like they are not under the law anymore. Well, and that's the other side of this. You can't throw away the Old Testament and say the law of God does not apply in your life and it doesn't apply anymore, and then say that all these people are doing the wrong thing. Because the Word of God, the Old Testament is the same Word of God just as Yeshua, Jesus, was the Word of God made manifest in the flesh. He was the actual physical manifestation of the Word of God. Um, you want to know what God has to say about it? It's in His Word. Everything He says in the Bible, everything that's said in the Bible is the Word of God, and it is as true today as it was back then. Now, maybe some of the punishments have changed, and that's what Jesus took upon himself was the punishment for all mankind, but it did not alter the Word of God. And so if you have anyone in your life who, if you're a Christian and you're, you're seeing this stuff pop up in your social media, or you have friends who are saying it's okay, we can go over there, read them Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 9 through 12, because it clearly states there shouldn't be, we shouldn't have anything to do with witches and witchcraft and necromancy and divination. We shouldn't be talking to familiar spirits. We shouldn't. And the reason for that is, and I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, the devil is a liar. He is an absolute liar. Anyone who says they are talking to the dead 
is a fool because they are being deceived by an evil spirit, by a demon. And that demon is telling them whatever it needs to tell them for them to believe him to be true. And all you're going to get is a lie. From the devil, all you get, the only time the devil tells the truth is if it will convince you to believe a bigger lie. That's the only thing he's going to do. So these people who say they talk to the dead, right? This nun came in with you, and in the article, the lady says, well, there's a nun with you. No, that was a demon who was saying it was a nun, and you're believing that. You know, you're believing a lie because that's what that's all they're going to do. They're going to lie to you. Um, so, you know, we see this and, and you say, uh, it seems like, you know, remember Miss Cleo, she used to be on the, on the commercials on TV, call Miss Cleo and she'll tell you her, she got sued because she was a fraud and a forgery and all those things. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that seems to be eking and creaking its way into the church. And I'm not going to say all churches, but uh, there's a couple, you know, big churches out there that these kind of things are making its way in. And it's really, and it comes down to this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible does not say faith cometh by hearing and salvation through uh, examples or salvation through works or salvation through miracles. People believe in the word of the Lord because of faith and it's faith that saves a person. Um, so, you know, God, he said the Jews uh, seek a sign and the Gentiles, you know, everybody's wanting to the Greeks. I'm sorry. He's talking about the Greeks and the Jews, how they seek signs. And it's wrong because they want to see something. God, if you're real, show me something. Um, and God says, no, that's not how this works. You believe by faith through grace and then you're saved. And so when it comes down to at the end of the day, witchcraft is on the rise in America, according to this article. Um, I think it continues to go up. I think the church continues to um, be in decline because that is uh, really foretold in the book of Revelation. And uh, I think we have a, a real hard pressing time coming ahead of us to where we have to get out and we have to share the gospel because, you know, even today there's 1.5 million of these witches out there. Those people need the gospel of Jesus Christ too, and they need to be born again. Um, so take this word... Take the you know take what we're talking about here. Do a little research on your own, um, and you're going to find out some really interesting things going on in the world today. So anyway, at the end of the podcast, I want to give you one more offer. You can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. Request the fire inside with your address, and I will send out a book. I think I have five in the house. So if I get like 20 people wanting this, I have to order some. It'll take a week or two, but I will get you a copy of the book. Um, and I might even write something in it, you know, like, hey, man, thanks for listening to the, the podcast, whatever. Stay strong. Um, yeah, stay strong. Be strong. So uh, check that out. And uh, if you're interested, let me know. Um, we'll be back again this week with the study of the book of Acts chapter 13. We're finishing part two, part two of Acts chapter 13. Uh, we pray that God blesses you. Bye.